0: Brian McClanahan Show, episode 215. Are you ready to think locally and act locally? Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at Brian McClanahan. Like my Facebook page, at Brian McClanahan. And, of course, subscribe to my YouTube page, at Brian McClanahan. If you don't want to search for all those things, go to my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N. Mclanahan.com. You've got all my social media buttons at the top of the page. While you're there, give me an email address, and I will give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, and a free audiobook of the same title, read by yours truly. You can also support the Brian McLanagan show by going to BrianMcLanahan.com forward slash support. You can throw a few pennies my way, help keep these lights on if you're watching this podcast on YouTube. Help keep the show going. All the things that I like to do and appreciate you helping me do. So Anything do contribute is greatly appreciated. You can also support the Brian McClanahan Show by going to McLeanahanAcademy.com, McLeanahanAcademy.com. It's always free to enroll, and those that do enroll get to do get the get to do get the best deals. If I can speak today, get the best deals on new classes, and I have one coming out in about four weeks. Uh, the pre-order will happen in two weeks or less, maybe even next week. So uh, you want to get over there, you want to enroll because you're not going to know what the pre-order price is unless you enroll in McClanahan Academy. So if you're listening to this podcast or you're watching on YouTube and you like what I do and you want to get more of me, well, go on out there and subscribe to McClanahan Academy and buy those courses. I've got four. I've got five Excuse me, for sale right now. We'll be six by April, So and there'll be two more after that this year. So by the end of this year, I hope to have eight courses on McClanahan Academy, a lot of great stuff. This class is going to be on Reconstruction uh, and uh, the aftermath of the war. Take you all the way up into the 20th century. Um, I also have a class on the war itself, the War for Southern Independence. Uh, I've got one on the Constitution. It's a meaty class on American constitutions, not just the U.S. Constitution, but also the Articles of Confederation, the Confederate Constitution, state constitutions. A lot of stuff there. Uh, and I've got uh, a class on secession, one on the Declaration of Independence, and one on Alexander Hamilton. So I've got a lot of stuff for you there, and just to go out to McLean Academy and get those things. You can also help the show by using my affiliate link for Liberty Classroom. It's LearnTrue, T-R-U-E, history.com, LearnTrueHistory.com. Uh, it's a great website, over 20 classes. I teach there with Tom Woods, Kevin Goodsman, Brad Berzer, Jason Jewell, Bob Murphy, whole slew of great people that you're going to want to take classes from. It's economics, history, and philosophy. So a lot of cool stuff, things that you don't get uh, just through McClanahan Academy. So um, it is a wonderful opportunity. And, of course, if you use Learn True History to do it, you're going to help the show as well, this show. All right. Let's talk about the topic that uh, for the week, or at least for this episode, I should say. I've got another episode this week. Uh, This is also a listener-generated episode. And actually, somebody sent me an email about this. I wasn't aware this was going on in Wisconsin I don't typically pay much attention to Wisconsin. It's not that I don't like Wisconsin. It's just I don't I don't often know what's going on up there. But um, this is from the uh, what is it? The Journal Sentinel in uh, in Wisconsin, from the Waukee Journal Sentinel. It was uh, published on March sixth, and it has to do uh, with a state supreme court race. And I wanted to use this and and compare it with a. A Supreme Court decision that's pending. Um, the court listened to the arguments in February, and that court that case is uh, the American Legion versus American Humanist Association. So I'm going to talk about that case and actually what how, how these two things work together, and then uh, discuss this issue as a think locally, act locally issue, and that's what it is. Uh, So that's the theme of this podcast. I don't always talk about these things, but everything always has uh, that kind of theme uh, in one way or another. But uh, in this particular case, it certainly applies directly. So uh, let me first address this state Supreme Court race in Wisconsin. And the justice at the center of this issue is named Brian Hagedorn. And Brian Hagedorn, in 2005, when he was a law student, uh, so we're talking about 13 years ago as a law student, had a position on the Establishment Clause in the Constitution that would be very much in line with what I talk about on this particular show, and now he's reversed positions. So I want to read this article because it's very very funny, and again, it's from the Milwaukee Milwaukee Sentinel, uh, Journal Sentinel, excuse me, which you're going to know the bias just by me telling you where it is, uh, where the article was published. Uh, but Uh, Here's what he says. Here's the article. State Supreme Court candidate Brian Hagedorn has just reversed himself. In the past, Hagedorn has taken what scholars say is an unconventional and even radical position that the U.S. Constitution leaves it to the states to decide such issues as leading prayer in schools and installing religious monuments in courthouses. Just take that one sentence there and think about that for a second. What scholars say is an unconventional, even radical position that the U.S. Constitution leaves it to the states to decide such issues as leading prayer in schools and installing religious monuments and courthouses. Well, the U.S. Constitution does that. I mean, that's exactly what the U.S. Constitution does. Uh, so if somehow, the U.S. Constitution... Think about this. The U.S. Constitution, the original Constitution, is radical. Now, this is the age in which we live. Uh, it's completely ridiculous and completely stupid. But... Uh, This is where we are in 2019, and I'm going to talk about these legal scholars in a second. Hagedorn has even gone so far as to argue that there is nothing in the Constitution that would prohibit a state from declaring its own official religion. Well, he's correct about that. There is nothing in the Constitution that says that. In fact, when the Constitution was ratified, there were three states that had official state religion. So you tell me, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, uh, Daniel Bice, And I think Daniel. I think I've written uh, an article about an article that Daniel Bice wrote a while ago. uh, When uh, Bice is a notorious uh, leftist, and um, he he wrote an article uh, about uh, secessionists in the uh, in the Wisconsin Republican Party. I think this is Bice that wrote that. His name sounds familiar. I actually have to go back and and find that um, if he did that. Uh, So I think that was him. And I wrote a piece. Gosh, it was about five years ago now, entitled "Cheesehead Secessionists," and I think it was Bice who who, uh, who I was criticizing in that piece. Uh, let me let me look that up, and and uh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll tell you uh, if that's the actual case. But uh, if that's so, uh, then Bice is um, again a guy that just has no clue about federalism and the original Constitution. Um, but let me see here. Here's the piece. Cheesehead Secessionist, I wrote it in, um, uh, let's see, in 2014. Um, I don't see a link here to this uh, to this piece. I know the Daily Beast wrote about it. Um, let's see if the Daily Beast has bison there or, or something. Uh, no, it's not that anyways I, I want to say I've come across Daniel Bice before maybe I've, I've read something but Bice is and, and I know I've, I've I've read his name before uh, he's not a very reliable source when it comes to understanding the original constitution but that said back to this particular issue. Um, uh, but when, uh, let's see, the appeals court judge said he now believes the federal government has the authority under the U.S. Constitution to step in if it believes a state has gone too far in establishing an official religion or favoring one over another. And this, of course, is where he basically says, yeah, you know what, I agree with incorporation. Now, I'm going to talk about incorporation with this other case that's now before the Supreme Court. Uh, he wrote a an, a, an article, or an email to the uh, journal Sentinel, where he said, under current doctrine, It is clear no state may establish their own religion, Hagedorn clarified an email to the Journal Sentinel on Tuesday. Hagedorn's legal about-face brought criticism from his opponent's campaign and other foes. They suggested that the self-described originalist has now become a political pragmatist. Brian Hagedorn's can't hide from his radical and extreme agenda, said Tyler Hendricks, campaign manager for appeals court judge uh, Lisa Niebauer, uh, when informed of Hagedorn's change of heart. It's hard to put much faith in Brian Hagedorn's election season. Change of heart, said Joanna Bielman doolin research director for the liberal group One Wisconsin Now. Hagedorn, who is favored by conservatives, face it off against Newbauer, a liberal darling, in a crucial Supreme Court contest on April 2nd. So, wait a second here. Why is this guy, the conservative, the originalist, is radical, but the liberal, who, if you... <laughs> there, she's got a picture on there. Um, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, is the darling of the uh of the uh, uh newspaper article She's a darling, but hagedorn is radical. I mean again, the bias is just seeping through in the way they describe things it's you could say it's subtle, but it's really not uh, and where they where they really stand on this uh let's see now one thing I'll say about this and, and let me get down to where he's um... Let me get down to where he is. Uh, he's done the 180 degree turn. So um, Hagedorn's 180 degree turn. I mean, again, he's he's being criticized by the left for a number of reasons. One is his faith, uh, his Christian faith. He's he's against a lot of the social issues that Christians find to be repulsive uh, or controversial. In fact, the Christians would say the the leftist position on these issues is controversial, not his. But um, the article continues, but on Tuesday, the conservative jurist did the judicial equivalent of a 180-degree turn on the so-called establishment clause of the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. That provision prohibits the government from establishing an official religion or to giving preference to one faith. The rest of the First Amendment guarantees freedom of speech and religion, or religion and speech. So, when they say the government, what they mean, of course, the founders who wrote the amendment mean the general government, the U.S. government, not the states. Because again, there were three states that had state-established religions in, uh, in 1788 and 1789 when the U.S. government went into effect. But when the Constitution was ratified, three states had state-established churches. Now, if those states firmly believed the First Amendment, which of course wasn't officially ratified till 1791, if the First Amendment prohibited those states from having an established religion, they would have rejected the amendment. But they didn't because they knew it didn't apply to the states. John Marshall himself said this in Barron v. Baltimore. Now I know you're going to say, "But Doctor McLeaney, Doctor McLeaney, wait a second, wait a second, we got the Fourteenth Amendment, don't you know? We got that. We got the Fourteenth Amendment. It says that we we, we got establishment there." Well, I'm going to get to that. Okay, this is part of the my book, how Alexander Hamilton screwed up America. By the way, uh, because this this nationalist agenda is the thing that's really distorted and perverted the entire legal process in the United States. Nationalism has been the enemy, the enemy of all good government in America. It always has been. Um, So in his 2015 application to become an appellate judge, Hagedorn wrote that the Establishment Clause was, at least in large part, a federalism provision leaving regulation of religion to the states. He was 100% correct about that. Uh, He accused judges of using the constitutional ban on establishing religions to impose their views on society. Again, 100% correct. Establishment clause jurisprudence jurisprudence greatly looks very little like law, Hagedorn, who was appointed to the appellate bench by then-Governor Scott Walker, wrote in response to a question about bad Supreme Court decisions from the past 30 years. 100% correct about everything he's saying here. And I I wish Hagedorn would actually listen to this podcast, uh, because I'm going to give him some advice. He shouldn't have done the 180-degree turn, okay? Much of it has the symptoms of a court discussing desirable social policy or the proper place of religion in public life and then crafting a legal rule that makes sense in light of that policy. This is not how judges should make law. In fact, judges should not make law at all. I mean, that's one thing. Judges don't make law. (laughs) the Legislatures make law. Judges don't. That was a more nuanced position than the one Hagenhorn took in his old blog, which he wrote when he was a 27-year-old law student, law firm, Intern and father of two children. What does that father of two children and all that sort of stuff? I mean, is he still is he not a father of two children anymore? I mean, that's that's just a stupid uh, in, uh, way to to put this. In a July 2005 post, he wrote that the federal Constitution made clear in the Establishment Clause that the states can do whatever they want on religion, and the federal government was not going to intervene. Well, he's not incorrect about that. To clarify, he added that the federal constitution doesn't prohibit states from installing religious monuments in their courthouses or establishing their own official religions, including secular humanism, which he considered a belief system. Quote, the Constitution, in my opinion, would not prohibit Maine from declaring secular humanism its state religion. He wrote, the point of my post is not to argue that Christianity should be our state religion. It is simply to point out that pretty much all establishment clause cases decided by the Supreme Court, including the most recent Ten Commandments cases, have absolutely no foundation in in the Constitution at all. He's 100% correct about this. 100% correct. And now he's backtracking. Um, what con- what scholars say? I would say Hagedorn's a scholar. He's a judge. He's a scholar. Constitutional scholars say Hagedorn's past writings run counter to nearly 100 years of Supreme Court precedent. Well, I want to ask these scholars if they would have said the same thing in 1954 about Plessy v. Ferguson. I mean, 19- Brown v. Board of Education ran counter uh, to near 60 years of Supreme Court precedent. Uh, the fact that the establishment, when, when we had uh, the establishment, first of all, it's not 100 years of Supreme Court precedent. No, no, no. No, no, no. Not even close to 100 years of Supreme Court precedent. Uh, try about 50 years. That's about all we're looking at here. Uh, so uh, it, that's a distortion of the, of the actual truth. Uh, and in fact, if you want to look at precedent, then the 1880s, when the Supreme Court said that the, the 14th Amendment does not incorporate the Bill of Rights against the states, uh, then this, is vi- this, this ruling, what the scholars are saying, is violating that interpretation of the Constitution. So uh, this is just silly. It's just stupidity, really. They said this week that the High Court has explicitly applied or incorporated the protections of the Bill of Rights, including the ban on establishing a religion to all of the states, as a result of the passage of the 14th Amendment in 1868. Very few consider this an open, viable question today, said Scott Eidelman, a Marquette Law School professor specializing in law and religion, who has donated to Walker in the past. It's really water under the bridge. Howard Schwerber, a constitutional law professor at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, I'm sure Schwaber is a very bright guy. Went a step further, saying Hagedorn's past writings on the issue represent a quote radical position and one far outside the mainstream. These are fringe views even among conservatives, Schwaber said. Uh, I guess the founding generation would be radical. I mean, I don't know. Uh, according to Schwaber, uh, you know, Roger Sherman would be radical from Connecticut, who uh, understood that the First Amendment didn't apply to the states. John Marshall, I guess John Marshall is radical, who understood in Barron v. Baltimore that the Bill of Rights didn't apply to the states. Now you can say, but Dr. McClanahan, what about the 14th Amendment? Well, we know from that, in reading Raoul Berger, who was no radical, the 14th Amendment was never intended to incorporate the Bill of Rights. Now there were those, this is how stupid the Republicans were, and I, I go over this in McClanahan Academy courses. I go over it in my American Constitutions class. I go over it in my Hamilton class. Uh, I'll go over it in the Reconstruction class. This just needs to be hammered home every single time we talk about these things. Uh, there were idiot, idiotic Republicans in, uh, during the debates on the 14th Amendment when it was going through Congress. They said, well, the Bill of Rights already uh, is incorporated because of the Supremacy Clause. And uh, they were having, wait a second here. Uh, did you, do you not know Barron v. Baltimore? Do you not know the actual, I mean, do you not know the history of this thing? Oh, I mean, no. Oh, I, I, so these, these Republicans at the time were just complete morons. I mean, that's the grand old stupid party for you. Uh, now, but now it appears that Hagedorn has undergone a road to Damascus moment. In a Tuesday email to the journal Sentinel, Hagedorn said he no longer espouses his old views, even as he downplayed the significance of the issue. Quote, while this discussion is mostly academic, my position on incorporation of the Bill of Rights has shifted, Hagedorn wrote, without specifying when this happened. Well, he shouldn't, because it shouldn't have happened. He said he now believes the original public meaning of the 14th Amendment incorporated the Bill of Rights, including the Establishment Clause, and applied them to the states. He added that he reaches this, that conclusion differently than most others. Contrary to Eidelman, H- Hagedorn said, this is not a settled issue, but sub- the subject of lively, ongoing debate among constitutional scholars and courts. Uh, well, I mean, unfortunately, it's not debated enough. Now, it is going to be debated, and <laughs> there, there is some discussion of this, right? I mean, we have the Supreme Court case, which I'll get into in a second. Uh, and just so his 2000 blog post on this issue isn't misconstrued, Hagedorn added that as a matter of public policy, he believed him back then it would be a very bad idea for any state to establish an official religion. All right, so. Uh, let's, for, my advice to Hagedorn would be this. Don't backtrack. Look. Uh, we just had the issue of Tucker Carlson and Media Matters going after him for things that he said, uh, and he refused to backtrack. And people are applauding. This is one of the reasons people are applauding him for it. It's one of the reasons why Trump has been so popular because he gives it right back to him. What he should have said is, "Yeah, this is the exact position that's legally correct," and then given an explanation of it. Now these people would have not believed him and not agreed with him, but they would have printed it. And there you have it. Look. I stand with the founding generation. I stand with the people who wrote the 14th Amendment who said it didn't incorporate the Bill of Rights. I stand with the Supreme Court in 1883 who said the exact same thing in the slaughterhouse cases. I stand with the, with the traditional interpretation of the United States Constitution. Do you believe in that Constitution? Do we not still have that Constitution? I stand with those things. That's what he should have said. He shouldn't have backed down. He shouldn't on a 180 turn. I mean, look at his opponent. Now, I know they're in Wisconsin, which is not the most conservative state. But people want authenticity. People want individuals who will stand up to these leftist nincompoops and tell them they're stupid. Somebody should have told Daniel Bice, You're a moron. I'm telling him, You're a moron. And these legal, quote unquote, legal scholars don't know anything. Because if they did, and they understood the history of incorporation, where it comes from, they understood the history of the 14th Amendment, and they understood the history of the Bill of Rights, they couldn't come to this position. They couldn't. It would be virtually impossible for them to do it. But uh, they will anyways, because as, as Hagedorn said, well, these are bad Supreme Court decisions because they advance a political agenda. And that's what we've got. So let me go on to this case, the American Legion versus American Humanist Association. This has to do um, with a 40-foot Latin cross erected by private citizens on private land to commemorate the 49 men from Prince George's County, Maryland, who died in the First World War. It's called the Bladensburg Cross, uh, and it's on now public land. So the American Humanist Association sounds like a bunch of wonderful people decided that they're going to they sued to get the that has to be taken down because it's on public land um, but it wasn't built on public land it was only it was only acquired by the by the government by the by the uh, city government uh, because um, or the state of Maryland, excuse me, because it was uh, a, a public hazard. There was uh, safety concerns that had to do with it. So the state acquired it and they maintain it. This is no different from all the crosses that are maintained on uh, in any anywhere, whether it's the general government or state governments uh, when it comes to public I mean public cemeteries, right? Where I live, you've got a public cemetery uh, and there's crosses all over the darn thing. The city owns it and they maintain it. I mean this is just stupid. Um, So whether it's a memorial or not, I mean, now you're saying you can't have any public displays because it might be on city property or state property or, of course, uh, the property of the general government. But the problem in all this, and and this is a piece that appeared in uh, Law and Liberty, the problem with it is, of course, Everson versus uh, versus Board of Education, where Hugo Black messed everything up. Now, I talked about 1961. Uh, There was also an issue in 1961 where... Uh, the uh, uh, the black court, not of course black, not leader of the court, but where you had this issue decided as well. Uh, but this this uh, this stupid decision of Everson uh, versus Board of Education led to a dubious understanding of the Establishment Clause. They they basically made up history. Hugo Black made up history, and why did he want to do it? Why did he want to do it? Well, because he was a Klansman, and Hugo Black. Uh, decided that he didn't. <laughs> he wanted to prevent uh, Catholic schools from getting any state money. I mean, essentially, this is what's going on here. Um, but regardless, uh, the the unfortunate part of all of this is that we have a faulty reading of the Fourteenth Amendment. We have a faulty understanding of the Establishment Clause. It didn't do anything. It didn't establish a a, uh, a, a position. The Establishment Clause wasn't designed to ensure that states couldn't have religion in public life. The Establishment Clause, uh, even, even with, it was never designed that way. And the 14th Amendment was never designed to incorporate the First Amendment or apply it to the states. Never. So this particular piece uh, actually goes into something called the Lemon Test. And the, the idea is that the Supreme Court might actually, for, for the first time in a long time, uh, either use the Lemon Test or maybe even disregard it. The Lemon Test permits, this is from the piece, the Lemon Test permits laws and policies that benefit religion if they have one, a secular purpose, two, do not have a principle or primary effect of advancing or inhibiting religion, and three, do not foster an excessive entanglement between government and religion. And so, justices apply this, uh, but unevenly. So the hope is that in this particular ruling, the Supreme Court will essentially strike down the lemon test and go back to an original understanding of the Establishment Clause. Um, And the uh, there was a brief written by Professor Michael McConnell for the Beckett Fund of Religious Liberty, uh, and of course, uh, John Roberts was very familiar with this. Uh, and the, the McConnell argued that, quote, there is abundant evidence of what constituted an establishment of the founding, namely one, government control over the doctrine and personnel of the established church, two, mandatory attendance in the established church, three. Government financial support of the established church. Four, restrictions on worship and dissenting churches. Five, restrictions on political participation by dissenters. And six, use of the established church to carry out civil functions. So, but this only applied to the general government, even if we apply it to the states. <laughs> even if we apply it to the states, even if we use incorporation, which is a stupid idea, but even if we do, that's where establishment works. Not in if we have a cross on some public land. The established church is, did the state establish a church? Meaning, is there a church of the state of Maryland? And if there is a church of the state of Maryland, does the state of Maryland decide who who's in the church, who, if we have to attend the church? Uh, do we use taxpayer dollars to support the church? Uh, if there's a dissenting church, are there restrictions on that church? Uh, what about people that are from the dissenting church? Can they vote or not? And uh, does the established church carry out civil functions? Well, putting a cross on some land is not a civil function. And they didn't even put the cross there. It was built by private individuals on private property and the state later annexed that property. Um, These are are strange times in which we live. Uh, Hagedorn should just come out and say, this is what I think, this is where this stands, this is what this is, and... Uh, you idiots, Bice here at the uh in, in Milwaukee. You're a moron. Go away. But he's not going to do it. People on on our side, you realize that the best way to combat these stupid people on the other side is just to come back at them, not take their their garbage. Uh, as of course our favorite uh idiot, uh, useful idiot on the left. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has called America garbage, but not take their garbage. Not take their garbage and say, look, this is idiotic. Uh, This is exactly what the founding generation said about establishment of religion. This is what they meant by it. The 14th Amendment, we can talk about whether this is... uh, Uh, correct policy to have incorporation? I know Gorsuch has come out and said, no, no, no. I mean, this is... Who's even talking about uh, incorporation nowadays? We all know that settled fact. Is it? I mean, is this where we really want to be, that because the Supreme Court has ruled about it uh, for so many years, that that's established? Or is the Supreme Court able to change its mind? I hope that the people listening to this podcast that are uh, lawyers, legal scholars potential judges in the future understand that, you know, you you have a, a duty to change these stupid policies that don't fit with the, with uh, with history, that don't fit with original understanding of the Constitution, that don't fit with the Constitution itself. That's what I would hope you would do. Um, and if you can do that, well, my gosh, we'd be in a much better situation. This is think locally, act locally. This is, I hope the people in Wisconsin, I know there are some listening to the show, but that maybe know Hagedorn, and say, look, man, fight back. Say what you really believe. The people will, will support you better for it. In fact, one of the reasons why that the paper is criticizing him is because he did this 180. Don't take the 180. Say, this is what I believe. This is this is what the Constitution says. This is what the history supports. And no matter what you say, you can't change that. But now, oh, well, I don't know. Uh, I was just, uh, I don't know. I, I don't agree with that position anymore. I, I'm, I'm now this position. Why would you do that? You look like a politician when you do that. Don't do that. Be strong in what you believe. Stand up for your principles. Stand on your principles and go for it. I think that people are, are willing to listen to these ideas now in the 21st century. And I know when, when you start saying, well, it's about religion, then people on, on, that aren't religious are going to get a little bit nervous about that. But uh, Hagedorn could say, well, I mean, this is up to the state legislature, anyways. The state legislature is not going to pass a law that's going to mandate a church of Wisconsin. It's not going to happen. Um, so, this is not even this is this is not even an issue. It's stupid. Why are you even bringing this up? And of course, we know why. Because he's being attacked because of his faith, and he's being attacked because he's quote unquote radical. And you have the media darling, the leftist darling, who doesn't believe these things, right? So this is what it's all about. It's a concerted hit. It's a concerted effort to have a hit piece so Hagedorn loses the election. But if he stood on principle, I think that he was in a much better chance. It's almost—it's too late now. He can't go back on it. But he should have. Hagedorn should have done this. Unfortunately, he didn't. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Brian McClanahan Show. Stand strong on your principles. Think locally. Act locally. Originalism. The original Constitution. Talk to people about how the fourth, 14th Amendment is not interpreted the way it should be interpreted. That the original Constitution, the original Bill of Rights were not intended to be applied to the states. The states have all the power in this government if they would just exercise it. If we got to that position, that would be fantastic. So I'll see you next time on The Brian the